Hello and welcome back to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Lisa Chuma. Today I'm going into episode two of our new series, Sex Trauma Series. In this 12 weeks, for the next 12 weeks, we will be delving into what really is sex trauma. Let's redefine what sex trauma is because we have grouped sex trauma to be rape. And that's not the fact. That's an assumption. All of sex trauma is not just rape. Rape is a type of sex trauma. What is a sex trauma? A sex trauma will be any experience or series of experiences that are negative and have impacted your sex life in such a way that your sex life is no longer enjoyable. It's not attractive to you, right? These experiences are so negative that when you even think about them, that's if you're conscious enough to even think about them. When you think about them, they are bad memories, they are scary, and they are not attractive at all. Last week, we spoke about body shaming and rape. Today, I want to go into more explicit things that we have normalized by culture, such as FGM, coercion, and manipulation. FGM, coercion, and manipulation. I will start with FGM. FGM simply stands for female genital mutilation. I know you have heard that a whopping 200 million women plus have been mutilated in their genitals. Well, here's how FGM works. The hood of the clitoris is cut out. In some cases, this will fall under type 1 FGM. The clitoris itself is cut out in some other situations. Uh, the labia, outer labia for some people will be tampered with. And when I say tampered with, I'm talking about being cut off. The outer inner labia will be cut. Then in some other cases, they are stitched. They stitch like they stitch someone. And in some other cases, after they stitch the person, they are culturally not allowed to lose the stitch. And when they have sex in heterosexual relationships, their male partners are expected to rip them open with their penis. The man is expected to rip her open with the penis. Now, there are lots of reasons why people do this. I know when I described that, it sounded really horrible. Part of the reason people do this is that, one, they assume that female genital mutilation is the female equivalent of male circumcision. That's not true. With male circumcision, you take out the extra skin on the penis, and what that does for the man is when he's erect, it just shows more directly. That's one. Number two, the inner skin of the penis that was taken out has the capacity to hurt germs and infections and makes him more prone to um, sexually transmitted infections like HIV, right? Um, but when you take out that skin, there is no extra place for all of those infections to hide. The penis is just the penis. So what you've done is protected this man health-wise. When you cut the clitoris, there is no health benefit attached to it. Because the clitoris, first of all, it's not there for any other reason but pleasure. So to cut it off is to eliminate pleasure. That is the nerve point for a woman's vagina. If you cut it out, you've cut off over a thousand nerve endings that are gathered in a particular place. You've deactivated all of them in computer language. That's what you've done. You've just deprived that woman for life. For life. As a sex therapist, I have been thinking and studying. I'm about to take a certification in sex trauma in the United States. And I've been asking myself, how do I help an FGM victim experience better sex? Because I could motivate them. 
and say, oh, it's not a big deal, but I'll be a liar. Because it is a big deal. They've been biologically tampered with. Nerves are the reason why you know when someone wants to touch your eyes. Nerves are the reason why your vagina knows, oh, sex is happening right now. And begins to get stimulated and you start to get wet. That's your nerve passing information. So when you eliminate the ability to pass all of this information, you've deprived this person. You've really deprived this person. That is traumatic. And this happens to a lot of women when they are girls in such a way that they don't know the implication. Some of them do know the implication because they end up with infection. The vagina is tampered with in such a way that it doesn't have the ability to self-cleanse itself like it used to. Um, some of these things end up as injuries that don't get healed. And when some of them don't get healed, they end up treating them in local ways, some of which can include using heat to try to heal the skin. That is a technical burn. Let me put it in plain English. They burn someone's genitalia in the name of circumcision. It's crazy. But then people don't just do things because they're mad. People have reasons for doing things. One of the reasons people practice FGM is that they assume, like I already said, that it is the female version of a male circumcision. Two, some cultures assume that a woman who is not stitched, who is not tight, is not intact enough to be handed to a man. So it's like a precaution to virginity. It's like, oh, we don't just want you to sit down until you're a virgin. We want to make sure. So we're going to stitch you until you get married. And then in some cultures, they stitch her, then they're losing it so that she's gives birth when she's pregnant to give birth then they teach her back again it's crazy for lack of a better word so yeah some cultures practice it because they want to extra extra validate virginity some other cultures practice it for fear that if a woman gets pregnant the child will fall out in those cases what we know that we need is more education and so there are fgm campaigns going on in africa all over the world and by the way fgm is not an african thing fgm happens even in europe do not listen to this and think oh it's just an africa fgm happens in europe as well right and so we want to make sure that we are gentle people because that lady who's your friend might actually be a victim and you don't want to say something insensitive sexually because you don't know but that, that woman standing right beside you is one of the 200 million plus and the other 100 million plus people whom we don't even know and don't have statistics for. You want to be extra, extra sensitive to the way you speak around people's sexuality. Again, body shaming is verbal. Be careful to not sexually shame people because you don't know what they have experienced. And so FGM is a major sex trauma that we have never addressed as a sex trauma. We've addressed FGM independently as child abuse. We've addressed FGM independently as truncating fundamental human rights. We have never really paid attention to the biological implication of FGM on its sexual pleasurable level. Nobody goes through that kind of pain and gets excited about sex. Nobody goes through that kind of pain and imagines anything going inside their vagina. There's no joy to it. There's no pleasure to it. There's no excitement. There's no imagination to it. Especially when the person gets educated and now understands the biological implication of what has been done to them. And as we evolve in our science and our practice, as I express, we will make sure the world gets to know. Because we want to do more than talk about sex trauma. We want to make sure you heal. We really want to make sure that you experience good sex. We want to 
be masters of pleasure and sex indeed, especially for heterosexual couples, because you are our primary target. You would assume that because heterosexuality has been around since forever, that people have it figured out. People are still ill-educated about sex. People are still ill-educated about how the body works. People are still ill-educated on how to achieve pleasure with their partner. And I don't mean sex for pleasure. The next thing I want to move into is coercion. Coercion is subtle. Coercion and manipulation work together. Coercion is... Okay, let me use this example. When I was in secondary school, I had this really intelligent young man say, it is the duty of the girl to say no. It is the ability of the man, of the boy, to make her say yes. Now, it does sound funny, it does sound silly, because, I mean, this, these are a bunch of teenagers, right? And it was a case of, if you were able to convince a woman, you can have sex. And every couple should be able to convince themselves. Like, hey, babe, I'm going to have sex today. This person doesn't have sex. You should be able to convince them and let them see reasons with you or negotiate sexually. There's something called sexual negotiation. That's not today's not the day for that conversation, right? But coercion is one step darker than negotiation. Because when you negotiate, you put reasons on the table and you listen to the other person's reasons and then you come to middle points. That's how negotiations work. With coercion, you use your reasons to erode their reasons. And we do it in business as well. When you go to negotiate in enemy territory, you don't go negotiating to be fair because you know they will not be fair. So you're negotiating to take the whole share, to take the lion's share, because you know if you do 50-50, these people will still do something to backstab you, right? Unfortunately, we brought our dirty business habits into our bedrooms. So you say you want to have sex and this person doesn't want to have sex, and you begin to emotionally blackmail them. They think like if it was me, I would have a and you start saying all forms of things and start putting pressure on them in such a way. Here's how you know you're coercing your partner. You start telling them things that make them feel bad for not giving you sex. At that point, sex does not become something they want to do with you. Sex becomes something they want to do for you. This is where you hear men say things like their wife lays down like a log of wood. Now, not all the time, but that is an expression, that's an example of what would happen if you coerce someone. It's like, oh, yeah, come and do and get out, right? Coercion is when you start to give them reasons to erode their reasons. You start giving them reasons to make them feel bad. And as I'm speaking right now, many of you can begin to pick out times when you've been coerced, whether by the person you're married to, the person you're dating, whatever it is. This person began to coerce you. And this happens even in sexually abusive situations where the person can say, oh, but it was no rape. I asked you, but I said no as well. And you began to coerce. That's why the laws around sex and rape in Nigeria have the word coercion. You begin to coerce the person. Some people even go as far as giving the person gifts. So when you sexually harass and assault a child, for example, the abuser is usually not as aggressive as you are with the adults, even though some of them are psychotic enough to do that. Um, but on the average, sexual abuse with kids is usually a place of coercion. You give them a gift, you... You sweet talk them, you convince them, and then you exert pressure. You know you begin to switch into coercion when you begin to exert pressure on the person. When the person is beginning to exert pressure on you, when the person is beginning to gaslight you in social media terminology, they're beginning to blackmail you and pressure you in such a way that you feel like if you don't give them sex, you're doing something wrong. 
Manipulation is a close brother to coercion. With manipulation, manipulation is that you will do whatever it takes to get sex. That's manipulation. Manipulation is that this person will do whatever it takes to get sex from you. Here is an example. They ask you for sex and you are not in the mood. And then they buy you gifts because they know gifts are your love language. Now, someone will say that's them convincing you. But if they did not buy the gift, would you have agreed? So they know a fundamental information about you. They know you say your love language because obviously you're dating this person or you're married to this person or you're, this person is a family member. They have access to information that they wouldn't have access to their own tenants and they use that information against you. They bought you gifts. They suddenly started saying nice things to you. Um, yeah, with couples, with couples, sometimes you have to be like extra nice right um maybe your wife is overworked your spouse your husband is overworked you can decide to jump in and help them around your tasks obviously tasks so that they have more time to be with you that's different with manipulation it's that you are playing this person in such a way that they fall into your trap with manipulation sex is a trap you set things you know that scene in tom and jerry where they put chicken by tom's bed that had a rope and was connected to a car and Tom was following the chicken in his sleep until he ended up in a car and they locked it. That's manipulation. That's how manipulation works sexually. You set traps of things that the person approves of just so that they can fall into a sexual experience that you know they don't approve of. Does that make more sense? If you have any questions, go to www.isanxpress.com. I am excited to answer your questions because more than I want to sit in therapy with you, I want you to heal. And that's why one of our values at Liva Express, our true value is healing. So we have confidentiality, healing, we have unerotic sexual education. That's why we promise you friendship, because you do need friendship as an anchor when you heal, and accessibility, that's true. Hinge healing says that if all you need is one session, one session is what you're going to get. We will not keep you just so that we can have a client that we done something to. So I want to help you heal if you really judiciously follow this podcast. You will have tools to identify areas you have been sexually traumatized so that going forward, you can stop these things from happening to you and then you can move forward into your healing experience and then experience better sex. Does that make sense? If you have any questions, again, go to www.lizaxpress.com. How do your questions get answered? They get answered on YouTube. So if you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, AlizaExpressW, or better still, search for Liga Express Wellness, you will see an update for when we respond to your question. We will put up an update on social media and say, so the question has been answered, go to YouTube. Okay? See you next week.